This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Welcome, welcome, my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. Ah, uh, can never help myself. Anyway, we're going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country and I pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Now, if you're ready, let's flap and do this. <laughs> oh God, is there such thing as too many vagina jokes in the one intro? <laughs> Whatever, I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull up the couch. It's the Lady Lounge. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the lounge. I've got a really interesting one for you this week because I'm interviewing the founder of a company called Awkward Essentials. Francis Tang, who has come up with some pretty hilarious but practical solutions to a couple of common niggles that us vag owners contend with on the reg. And we'll get into that in a sec, but I'll just give you a little bit of a rundown on Francis. Wait, would I say Francis or Francis? One of them sounds very Australian and one of them, I like the first one. Oh, Francis. Does that the, is that the one that sounds... That sounds cooler. Australian? Yeah, or? because like American people are like Francis, okay. which is... Nah. <laughs> gotcha. Francis is the founder slash Captain Awkward slash CEO of Awkward Essentials, a company that makes products that address the unspoken parts of hygiene. She's also the inventor of the drip stick, an after-sex cleanup sponge. With a background ranging from hula dancing to baking to wedding photography, she never intended to build a company around post-sex cleanup. However, after accidentally launching in the UK a month before she got married, Frances built one anyway. She's also a super cheerleader for fearlessness, trying new hobbies and ice cream. Nice. Welcome, you bad thing. Thank you. Stoked to be here. So... To just launch in and give everyone a bit of background, so Awkward Essentials got in touch with me to offer me some free samples of both of your products, Francis, and, you know, they're kind of relevant to the field that I'm in, um, and I was like, okay, let's have a little look at this, and I just had such a laugh looking at all of the Instagram videos and just like the marketing and sort of brand identity was very humorous, very playful, very cheeky. And I was like, I can get around this. Um, and I haven't actually tried the dripstick or the mainstream yet because they just arrived from the US and my partner's been away since I got hold of them. But I'm dying to give it a go because it's just it's such a funny idea to me, but also once you get over the shock of being like, what, a cum sponge on a stick? Then you're like, actually, that makes a lot of sense. So can you just tell us first about the dripstick? Uh, we can get into the mainstream in a sec, but let's just let everyone know what the fuck we're talking about here when we say a cum sponge or a dripstick. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for having me. Really excited to be here and talk about sex and cum and pee and like all the things. So a dripstick is an after sex cleanup sponge. It is a sterile medical grade sponge with a handle that is inserted after sex to absorb all the cum basically. Right. So I just, people are like, Oh, like, how did you come up with this? Like, why did you create it? And I'm like, I don't like cum. Like that's just me personally. And so for me, whenever I would have sex with my husband afterwards, like I would do the thing that a lot of us do, like run to the bathroom and pee, of course, to avoid those mm -hmm. UTIs. Um, but it just didn't get everything out. And so over the years, it got to the point where I was like jumping in the shower and like using my finger to like kind of scoop it out, like, you know, like scoop the inside, like just let me just like get this out at the source so it's not like dripping onto my sheets or I don't have to deal with it the next mm -hmm. morning when I'm at mm -hmm. work and like it feels like you're getting period, mm -hmm. but it's not your period. <laughs> that like gushy feeling. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. 
And so um, I would Google it all the time and I just couldn't find a answer. A lot of people were like, oh, just use like a towel or I use wet wipes, stuff like that, which is a great solution for the outside. But in my mind, I was like, okay, but all of his like jizz mm-hmm. is inside of me and it would be, I just would mm-hmm. like to get it out. And so, um, like you mentioned in my bio, I love baking. And every time I would use a rubber spatula to scrape cake batter out of a bowl, I would think, whoa, it would be so great if I had a rubber spatula for my vagina. I could just like scoop it out. You know, cake batter is really thick. Cum is really thick. If I could just like scoop it out in <laughs> one felt like swoop, and then I wouldn't have to deal with it anymore. And so, um, oh that is where the inspiration for Dripstick came from. Not a rubber spatula, just just a sponge, no additives, nothing else. We it doesn't prevent pregnancy, it doesn't prevent UTIs, SCDs, STIs. So of course, like get checked, but I just wanted something that would get rid of all the extra cum so I could be more comfortable. Oh my god, I love that so much. It's such a it's like it's one of those things that you like at first it seemed a bit gross or weird to me I was like oh hang on I don't know about that but then I was like wait a second it's so practical it's actually just such a mechanical it's like okay so this cum it's thick it's it's moist it's gonna stay around up there for possibly like sometimes you get like that latent drip like an hour later or something and depending on your vagina like you know some vaginal canals are longer than others and obviously there's that whole sort of pocket that gets created down behind the cervix where the cum it's basically like a cave or a swimming pool for the cum to hang out while it waits for an egg so your vag is designed to harbor jizz and like keep it in there for like longer so it doesn't automatically just trickle straight out like you know you're jumping in the shower you're trying to like squash squat or cough over the toilet um and sometimes you think you got it all out and then, yeah, like you said, you get to work or whatever and all of a sudden you've got all of this goo in your undies and you're like, oh, for God's sake. So just literally like something as practical and obvious as a sponge um, makes so much sense. I guess it's kind of like a cum tampon in a way. Um and I love that for you. That's like, <laughs> thank you. Such a cool thing to it is and just follow through with. Like everyone has ideas, but like, do they do them? No. But <laughs> you, you made one. I, I think, um, to be a founder, you have to be a little crazy because it's, especially to like do this. I'm like, I'm going to create a cum sponge. Um, it definitely was not easy. Uh, and I did try a tampon 100% because we see that a lot online. Like, okay, well, what's the difference between this and a tampon? Yeah. I tried one. Um, and it kind of turned into this like slimy, like bullet thing that like slid yeah. out just because it was meant, yeah. it's meant for blood, which is like so much thinner. And so more liquidy mm-hmm. yeah. and for an extended period of time. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, but I want. Yeah it to like absorb something like thicker faster. So what would help? And yeah. that's where I came upon the idea for a sponge. Yeah. Amazing. So um, how long do you have to put it in for before it soaks it all up? Like, can it be, uh, my first thought was like, oh, that sounds like it might be abrasive or irritating, but you know, I know it's medical grade sponge and it's obviously designed for such a sensitive part of the body. So just talk us through like, you know, how long you put it in for? Do you swivel it around? Like what's the vibe? So it doesn't have to stay in for that long, probably just a couple seconds. So you gently insert it and then you can twist it around Mm -hmm. or not. It's like totally up to you. We've heard of some of our customers kind of just like crossing their legs a little and like squishing it around. All bodies, all (laughs) vaginas are different and then just removing. And then in terms of insertion, we tell people to wait until the cum is like at the base of the vaginal canal because it needs to slide against something, right? So if he came like really deep inside, I would just wait. I would wait till Mm -hmm. it kind of drips down so it has something to absorb. And it's- bit of lubrication. Yeah. And it's it's really hard. It's kind of like if it's kind of like lube itself, right? Because if the lube was really deep inside, like it would it would be weird for like the mm-hmm. penis to go in. And so um it's been interesting 
trying to give like overarching general instructions to people when a lot of it is like what works for your body. Like all vaginas are different or maybe you like the cum and you don't want to get rid of it, which is totally fine with us too. Like you do not need dripstick. I like to make that very clear. Like we've had people write and say, (laughs) I, but I love the cum. I like feeling it the next day and like knowing that he's with me and we're like, that's fantastic. Like, cool. Like, good for you. <laughs> like, you don't have to use it. It's not by any means for everybody. It's just so that you can just feel more comfortable or go for a run on Saturday morning without having to worry about it. We hear so many different interesting use cases um, that we never even thought of until people like bring them to us. Yeah. Do you have any off the top of your dome that you can give us an example of? I mean, it's a lot of the times it is exercising and I'm like an exercise person. And so just like people who like to ride their Peloton, right? Because you don't want like those squishy pants like the next morning or the next day. Um, People who like to run in the morning, we hear a lot from like a lot of runners, which is super interesting. Um, Every once in a while, we'll hear from like marriage and family therapists and it's like a mental load thing, which I think, um, Ooh. as I mean, I, I understand the mental load thing immensely. I think we all do, but just not to not have to worry about it makes you more willing mm. to want to have sex. Cause it's like, okay, I don't have to think three steps ahead about like bringing an extra pair of underwear or it possibly leaking out mm-hmm. or it creating like a wet spot in the front of my dress. It's like so wild. It's these little things. Um, mm. but if, it can help, then we're excited. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is definitely something that like I'll take into consideration, you know, on a case-by-case basis. Like sometimes I know that I'm going to be having a shower or a bath straight after and I've got plenty of time and I don't have to go anywhere, so it's fine. Other times, um, because like my partner and I, he'll we kind of just choose whether or not he comes inside me and like a lot of the time he doesn't because we just prefer like – uh, he, he'll prefer not to ejaculate sometimes and just retain that energy and um, and everything like that. But then sometimes it is really nice to just co- have someone come inside you and to, and to ha- share that um, if I'm not ovulating, of course. Um, but sometimes I'm like, oof, it's just not practical right now and I can't be bothered like dealing with the drip um, and the wet patch on the bed or, you know, yeah, having to get another pair of undies. So it's it's – hilarious that this uh I don't know how long this company has been around but I was on a podcast um maybe a year ago and it it was on someone else's podcast and she was asking me like okay so I need to know like what do you do afterwards when you've got the cum drip how do you get it out it's so annoying like I use my fingers to scoop it out in the shower but it's not very effective blah 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 and I didn't know about the drip stick at this point. So I wish I did. I'll definitely be sending her an email. Yeah, happy <laughs> to send her a box. Because <laughs> she sounds like me like uh, a few years ago, right? Exactly yeah. that. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's a personal preference. Some people don't like it and some people like it. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. And it's good to have the option, you know, like it's just, it's maybe you don't use it every single time, but it's really handy to have one in your purse when you're on holiday or you're just in a situation where you don't want to deal with that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's super empowering as well, like for, for vagina owners. So like, give me a bit of a rundown on your background because I feel like this might've been, it sounds like this was very left of field, for you. And, you know, it's one thing to have an idea about something, but it's a a completely different thing to actually put it into motion and follow through with that idea to this degree, especially when it's something that's so stigmatized and uh, taboo. So like what gives you the get up and go and the drive to actually go, no, you know what? I'm going to like I'm going to go and get a prototype made. I'm going to research medical grade sponges, like, you know, because it's a whole thing. Hey, babe towns. So sorry to interrupt, but I simply had to pop my head into the lounge here and mention another virtual lounge that you've got to get around. 
It's the Labia Lounge Facebook group that I've created for listeners of the potty to mingle in. And there you'll find extra bits and bobs like freebies or discounts for offerings from guests who've been interviewed on the podcast, inspiring and thought-provoking conversations, and support from a community of labial legends. I also have an account on the fab new app Sunroom, which is a platform created by women for women and non-binary folk, and where there's no shadow banning or censorship of sex-positive content, unlike with the other platforms that I'm on. So you can hit up my sunroom for extra content and real and raw life updates because I'll be sharing on there from now on all of the stuff that I can't post anywhere else. My vision for both of these is that they become really supportive, educational and hilarious resources for you to have more access to me and a safe space to ask questions that you can't ask anywhere else. So head over to the links in the show notes and I'll hopefully see you in there. And now back to the episode. Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of jobs and I I like starting businesses. I knew I wanted to start a business that was scalable one day. And so kind of like moving through life, trying different things. I tell a lot of people that I'm a multi-potentialite or I like skill stacking, which multi-potentialite yeah. is you know, people who like to really dive in and get really good at certain things and then they'll move on. And so I do credit um, the path of where we've gotten to, to that, to having tried so many different things and seen a bunch of different industries. Mm-hmm. Like for example, the baking thing, that was the inspiration for this. So had I not loved baking, mm-hmm. been a baker at one point, I don't know that I would have had the idea for this. And in terms of creating mm-hmm. the product, I mean, it was just something that I was facing and I was like, I want to solve this. Like it didn't, I wasn't thinking like, okay, I would like to go into the sex industry or like, oh, I'm nervous because this is a sex product. In my mind, it was like a pretty practical thing. I was like, okay, well, here's a solution and it doesn't quite exist yet. And um, a couple of things had to happen for it to come to life. So I had applied to an accelerator called Grid 110. It's in Los Angeles, but now it's nationwide in the US. And I applied just on the idea and I got in and I remember thinking like, whoa, there's at least one other person in the world that's not one of my friends or like family members who thinks that this is, this could be a thing. Like this could work. Like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And so I went in and I did this accelerator and it was such a, it was such a great experience and it really taught me how to talk about it. So from there I learned, okay, the best way for me to talk about this is to just talk about my personal story and to leverage that humor. Cause like we're talking about calm. It's not that Mm. serious, right? Like we're not, it's, it's literally just a sponge. We're just talking about calm. It isn't a serious thing at all. And I found that that was kind of the best way to break that like awkward barrier. Cause so many, I think Mm. products and companies are like, raise your hand if you experience blah, blah, blah. But when I said, raise your hand, if you don't like come in your vagina, literally no one is like, and I'm like, really? Like you have children. Obviously you've had come in your vagina at one point in your life. And so, um, learning how to talk about it was very important and just different things. I mean, I talk about how one of our advisors is Cindy Gallup and, um, asking for someone to like a cold intro to her and then having her email me back and like be super into it and excited and willing to be an advisor. That was like the other thing that really made me think, okay, like I think I can do this. Cause I think as female founders, we're not hardwired to say like, I have this idea, I'm going to go raise money. I'm going to do it. And it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Like that is absolutely mm-hmm. not how the majority of us think. Like, I think we do want, we do more research. We want confirmation. We want to make sure things are going to, which is why female founders are typically more successful um, in general, but it was, it was slow and it was definitely scary putting this out there. And so I think the final confirmation that I got like, okay, this is going to be a thing was we accidentally went viral in the UK. You referenced it in my bio. And so what happened was I took a chance and I had like my 20,000 prototype like cum sponges in my parents' house. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to move these things? And everyone kept asking me, how does it work? Like, can you just like show me or describe Mm -hmm. to me how it works. And so I went to Amazon and I wanted to buy an anatomical 
plastic like vaginal canal so I could do like a little demo mm. but they are so expensive like I don't remember yeah. I remember I was just like I can't afford this <laughs> like how am I gonna do a demo yeah, I totally. can't it like I don't even know if people want this thing so I ended up using a Twinkie um which is like the cream filled like cake and just filming <laughs> something with my iPhone right like mm-hmm. I just want to show whoever is asking that you like put the dripstick in it gets the cream out that's simply how it works. Mm-hmm. And so um, mm-hmm. we ended up going viral overnight because a writer from Huffington Post UK like found what I was doing. I think I posted on a few Facebook groups just to get like some feedback. And so she found it, did an article. And then we had like dozens of articles that day. And it was very much like your Whoa. Bay Area startup story where I had to invite my friends over. We're packing mm-hmm. boxes, just shipping things out of my parents' oh, house. Wow. It was chaos. It was really cool, but it was kind of like that final piece of confirmation that I needed. Like, okay, I'm not crazy. There's other totally. people who are willing to pay for a product because it bothers them enough. And just some of the DMs mm. that we got, I was like, oh my gosh. Like People were like, I thought I was the only one that experienced this or I thought there was something wrong with my vagina and I was the only oh. person. And like to me, that's like, that's so wild, right? Like it's kind of a universal mm. experience. Whether or not it bothers you is different, but it is a universal experience. And so yeah. for people to not say anything whatsoever and just be like, there's something wrong with me Mm. is, is it's very bittersweet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty heartbreaking. That's like kind of a big driver of why I do what I do and why I've started this podcast and why I have the TMI segment, because so many experiences that clients will talk to me about, they feel as though they're the only people that are having that experience and they feel like there's something wrong with them because of it. And I'm just like sitting there going, Bitch, you're like the 50 millionth person who's told me that, you know, like, don't worry, you're not alone. Yeah. Um, but like, why are we not talking about this more? We could save so many people from like the anguish and loneliness of thinking that they're broken or thinking that they're weird or strange or abnormal um, and just suffering in silence and you know, not discovering something like the dripstick because they don't tell anyone. And so their girlfriend doesn't go, oh, I've heard of something for that. You know, like the more we talk about this, the more we can actually swap ideas and solutions and experiences and normalize it all. So yeah, definitely like talk in my language. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's just wild. And, um, interestingly enough, we have a lot of men that purchase the product for their partner because mm. it's it's very solution oriented mm. um and it's yeah. opened up this conversation where yes we have a lot of men who purchase for their partner but oftentimes we also have men who will like email us and just be like i had no idea this was a thing in the first place and so they'll like have a conversation and it'll open up other things like okay well what are other things that you experience mm. or go through that i just have no idea is happening. And, um, it's, it's pretty cool. It's nice to facilitate or be a small part of facilitating that open conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, that's the best thing you could possibly do in the world. I think, you know, with regards to all of this stuff that is so stigmatized and I like, I always get so annoyed when I watch, I mean, I get annoyed for a million reasons when I watch sex scenes in movies, mainstream movies, but I get really riled. I'm just like, what the fuck? They just had sex. I definitely didn't see them put a dinger on. And not only was it only about a minute long, if that, with zero foreplay, but now he's just come. They've rolled over in bed and there's like zero or like she's just like pulling up her undies and off they go. And I'm like always thinking about the drip. I'm like, oh, God. There's no, there's no cleanup going on. There's no talk of it. There's no discussing it. They just like, you know, they're like rolling over in bed, having a lovely romantic time. Maybe they'll go back at it in like half an hour when it's all crusted up. It's just like, like, (laughs) you know, and so what I'd love to see is like, you know, um, you know how you kind of do see the little little sex rituals or after sex rituals sometimes portrayed um, and sometimes talked about like, for instance, you know, the guy taking off the condom and tying a little knot in it. Like that's an after sex ritual that happens and we see a bit more of that. Sometimes. I would love to see a dripstick get pulled out <laughs> in a movie after sex while he's tying the knot in. Oh, wait, no. 
I guess they wouldn't become if he wore a condom. Anyway, um, yeah, like wouldn't that be just so cool if it became so common and so normalized that it was – yeah, just this kind of household thing that got used in in the mainstream. Yeah, I mean that's kind of ideally where the that's just the to like normalize it, just have it be another thing available for people. I mean, we'll hear from our customers mm. like, okay, like now my husband knows to like hand me a dripstick after we're done. Like I've trained him, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like that's that's mm. awesome. That's a cool routine. Um, but I mean, they don't even normalize peeing after sex in the movies, which is like, yeah, that's like. Mm-hmm. That's number I one. Know. <laughs> oh God. Well, speaking of yeah, things that that are not normalized and not talked about, um, let's do the segment get pregnant and die. Don't have sex. Because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? So do you have a story uh, from when you were younger around your sex education, maybe how it failed you, maybe how it helped you, maybe something you would have liked to have learned more about or any like negative messaging that you received or positive messaging you received? I'm just curious about how your sex education was for you because obviously now you're heading a pretty sex positive business. <laughs> it's pretty wild. So I can hardly remember <laughs> sex ed. All I remember is like passing up the anonymous like question notes to like the front of the class um, when I was in high school. But I don't, I like that is the, I also have a terrible memory, but where sex ed failed me was it was not like crazy clear to me to pee after sex. And I had been having sex for like, I don't know, maybe a year or two, no, like a few years. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so in college was when I had my first UTI. And so I had a top bunk. Mm. Like I was in a dorm and (laughs) I was on the top bunk. And first of all, I didn't even know what a UTI was. I had never even heard of the term or knew how to spell, you know, like what is that? And so like my, everything was burning down there and I like had no idea why. And I think it was, it was like a weekend, like a Saturday or Sunday. So the health services center was not open. And I was like Googling, like burning, like crotch. I finally figured out what it was. And I was just like, it's not open. How am I going to get, like, how am I going to go see a doctor for this? And so I'm like on the top bunk and it hurts so bad. I think I like bribed someone to like drive me to CVS to get like cranberry juice, but it wasn't that effective. And so I remember Mm -hmm. that night I had to sleep on the ground on my, like in my dorm room. So I could like run to the bathroom and like painfully pee and like no pee is even coming out. And so that was oh um, how I learned what a UTI was. Yeah. Oh, first UTI is so mortifying. It's like so much worse than you expect. And yeah, just that like, I mean, it's painful, but then also the frustration of feeling as though you need to pee constantly and then actually not being able to pee is just like, oh, kill me. Being on a top bunk, God. <laughs> um. Yeah. And that kind of like makes me think of your other product, the mainstream, which is a a pee funnel, because I have often, I've even talked about it on the podcast. I'm pretty sure. Like I've often like thought, oh, I wish I just had a funnel because I had a few loft beds in my time. I really liked sleeping up high. I had the loft bed so I could fit more stuff underneath it when I was living in like little shoebox rooms in share houses in Melbourne. And it was such a nightmare getting up and down um, to wee. And I used to think, oh, I wish I could rig up some kind of contraption with like a funnel. And um, sometimes I would like, if I, if I'm in a tight spot, like sleeping in a certain place, that's really tricky to like get to the toilet or it's just too, you know, like at a tent in a tent at a camping festival when it's bucketing rain outside, for instance, and, and there's no toilets nearby and you have to like go and pee in the bush but it's raining and you don't really want it, you know, I've like sometimes kept a jar or something like that. Um, And I just like had such a laugh when I got these mainstreams in the mail because it's basically, it's like a she-wee, like a pee funnel. So talk to me about that because that's another one of your funny little practical products. So I am also 
that person that has to pee all the time. And I <laughs> have to pee in the middle of the night and it is so annoying. Um, and it is the worst <laughs> thing. And so we, I'll, I'll show what the mean stream is. We created, um, so pee funnels are by no means like new. They've been on the market for a while. Like you're saying the Shiwi, but me personally, I'm not comfortable using something that I peed on and then like putting it back in my bag because I'm like, well, how am I going to, wipe it down or do I put it in a Ziploc bag every time? Like what is the best way to do this? And then on top of that, we noticed that a lot of the funnels on the market weren't super portable. So if you are like at a festival or you have like a tiny little purse, what are you going to do? Or if you Mm want to like keep these things in your car. So mainstream, it comes in a bag. So it comes in this bag and then you open it up and there is a funnel and then toilet paper. Um, We are going to release a version very soon that actually also has hand sanitizer. So you have everything you need like in one packet, but this is the funnel. So you unfold it like this and then you can like pop it open here and then you can stand up and pee. You can use the toilet paper because we found that some of the other ones don't come with toilet paper and it's like, well, you need to wipe. And then what you can do is you can fold it back and you could stick it back in this bag, which has like a zip and it won't leak. Cause if you Mm -hmm. can't find a trash can or you're like in the middle of the woods or like Mm -hmm. you don't want to throw it, you're not supposed to throw it in the porta potty. You can stick it back in here Mm -hmm. and then close it and then wait till you find a trash can to throw it away. And so, I mean, this is also just one of those other things. I do think that we talk about having to pee all the time a lot more than like come stuck in your vagina, but it's still like another yeah. thing. And so, um, yeah, yeah, they've been super convenient. We have a lot of people that use it, whether they are going to like raves or festivals or camping, like you said, or going on long road trips. We've seen some interesting use cases from folks who have had like I think in one of our reviews, someone mentioned they had some kind of like surgery. So they couldn't like, they just couldn't like sit down and pee by themselves. So they just used mainstream and they're able to like stand up and pee and didn't have to like bring someone to the bathroom with them every time, which is like also a really cool yeah. use case. Great. Love it. I mean, I've always wished that I could pee standing up. Like when I was a kid, I just really wanted to be a boy because I wanted a willy so that I could pee standing up like my brothers and my dad Um, because it just seems so, so convenient and practical. And I really tried, um, but it's a bit messy. It's hard. It's it's not like a sure thing. (laughs) You know what? So when you do get a chance to try mainstream, what is totally unusual and like a weird feeling is facing the toilet instead of facing away from the toilet. Cause like 100% of pretty much any vagina owner's life, you're facing away from the toilet whenever you need to go to the bathroom, Mm -hmm. but to use the funnel, you have to face towards the toilet. And so it almost like takes a second to like get comfortable and then like relax enough to pee in the funnel. And then it's just like, it's like weird being so much higher. Totally. I struggled to like when I first um, wore a wetsuit um, and I was trying to like, like my partner's like, you got to pee in your wetsuit. It's the best experience. And like, you're going to be in the water all day surfing. So it's not a big deal. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. Cause you, you know, once you got that wetsuit on, you, you can't get it off. It's very difficult to get it off and you, you kind of don't want to, cause then you've got to go all the way back in and da da da. Um, and peeing in a wet wetsuit when you're in the water is like totally fine. But trying to pee in a dry wetsuit, this is a unique experience because it's like you're wearing clothes and your body is just like, uh-uh, no, we do not pee when there is like fabric touching our poussoir. Like that's not, it's really hard. It's so ingrained in your body. It's like having to try to piss yourself. Um and it's such a trip, like it's a crazy experience. And I've, oh, I've just got so many stories about this kind of thing. It's it's so funny to me. Like even um, I've always been so curious about what it would be like to be able to pee standing up and like aim and stuff. So, you know, in the past, boyfriends have let me hold their penis while they're weeing and I'm like sort of swinging it around doing it. Like it's just, it's so cool. <laughs> love that there's this product now because one of my childhood uh, not my childhood one of my best friends when she was a kid she was able to sort of pull back her labia and like her clitoral hood and just sort of pull it all back and then aim pee like standing up and she could like pee off things and I and she's like yeah it was actually like 
I was pretty, it was pretty much as straightforward as a guy just sort of pulling his pants down a little bit. And then, and she could even like pull her undies to the side and do it. And she was telling me about this and I was like, get the fuck out. Really? Like what? Um, and I've tried to do it in, in, um, the shower and it's not ideal. The first time I tried to do that, I was sitting on the toilet doing a wee and I was like, Oh, I wonder I'll just like go to pull the skin up and back. And that was so silly because it actually just sprayed all the way out of the toilet because it does sort of redirect it and it makes it go up. And I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck did I just do? Um, And then, yeah, recently, like, just got really into the idea of, like, um, adventure weeing off the top of things because, like, Lockie, my partner, like, if we go on a big hike or a bushwalk or on some amazing big rocks at the ocean or something and he'll just, like, get on the highest thing and piss off it. And I, like, really want to do that, but I usually just have to pop a squat, like, right up on top of a rock or something. Um, so I am super excited. We've got big boulders at this house that I just moved into and um, a friend of mine came over and I said, look what just arrived in the mail. And she was like, holy shit, let's get up on the big rock and piss off it and we forgot but we will do it wait we would love a video of this if you are down um because all right it's so much more impactful to have like a stream than to like squat and like do it that way oh yeah oh I can't wait I can't wait but it is it is like we were a little bit like you know all right we've got to really work ourselves up to this because it feels as though it feels unnatural yeah. and it does feel as though something's going to go wrong somehow and we're going to get way on us. So, um, I think it's what's going to happen is we'll do it and actually be like, Oh, wow, this actually just works really well. I don't know what I was worried about, but that sort of moment where you've got to retrain your body to let go of your bladder when you're standing up and you're in a totally different position and you've got clothes on. And yeah, I can, I can see that being like kind of difficult in the beginning until you get used to it. Yeah, it is very weird. I mean, I think a good way to test it if you're worried about round two of everything spraying everywhere is like to just use it in the shower <laughs> and just and just see. Yeah. But it's exactly what you're saying. Like it takes a second for your mind and body to be like, okay, yeah. I'm going to pee standing up facing this direction, which I've like never done. And then it's fine. Um, but it's unusual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't wait. All right, I'll totally, I'll get a video for you. Excuse the interruption, my loves, but I'm shamelessly seeking reviews and five-star ratings for the potty because, as I'm sure you've noticed by now, it's pretty fab. And the more people who get to hear it, the more people it can help. Reviews and ratings help me curry favor with the algorithmic gods and get suggested to other listeners to check out. Plus, they make me feel really good and appreciated as I continue to pour my heart and soul into creating this baby for you. And I promise I don't mazz over them or anything. I mostly just tuck them away for a rainy day when I'm filled with self-doubt and existential dread about being self-employed, which is fairly frequently. (laughs) So you see, leaving a review really does make a difference and it's an easy little act of support that you can take in just a minute or two by either going to Spotify and leaving five stars for the show or writing a written review and leaving five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Choose your poison, or if you're a real overachiever, you could do both. Whoa now. If you are writing a review, though, just be sure to only use G-rated words, because despite the fact that this is a podcast about sexuality, words like sex can be censored and your review won't actually show up. Lame. Anyway, oh, oh, what was that? Oh, you're going to go do it right now while I wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great idea. May as well just quickly click that five-star button before we get on with it and, you know, like forget about it and get on with your day. Um, um, oh, I'm hearing them roll in. I'm hearing those five stars. <laughs> oh, my God. I make myself cringe. Anyway, uh, thank you much, Lee. You're a total gem and I'll let you get back to the episode now. So what, like, have you had much backlash or shaming around this because like you know my my work for instance it definitely gets a mixed response and I definitely sort of pick my battles with who I even tell what I do and whether I can be bothered explaining it and having a conversation and you know answering all of their questions um and I'm wondering like what the general response is that you get and like you know what what does your family think I bet you get that question all the time but yeah like what, how did you tell them you're starting a business selling cum sponges and do you get like 
not like mean comments online or yeah, like what's the climate around your business and these products generally? So my, I can start with my family. Um, they're Asian, which you'd think they would be like, what is going on? Or I'd hide it. But what's, (laughs) I guess kind of funny is that my dad is also a business owner, like founder type person, not in this space in like the tech, completely different, a completely different world. But when I started this, he's like, okay, cool. You found a problem. You came up with a solution. Now, how are you going to grow the business? Like strictly just Mm. thinking about it in terms of problem, solution, grow the business. Like that's it. And he's, and he's like, why are people asking you what I think about this? Right. Like if you need toilet paper for your ass, then is this like, isn't it like the same thing? Like you need this for your, like, what is the difference? And so it's very, very, very practical. My mom, um, she knows what I'm doing and she's just kind of like, cool. Like she doesn't ask a lot of questions. I think she's like kind of tried to explain it to her friends. I don't know how well she's done. Um, but yeah, so it's been totally okay. So I'm, (laughs) I'm pretty lucky to have, um, supportive, parents. Uh, cause I mean, I was shipping out at their house there. They were my warehouse to start. My friends have been pretty awesome, very supportive. I do know in the beginning, some of them were like, what are you doing? Or like, why is this necessary? And so from the inner, from the people of the internet, for the most part, it's similar to you. It's kind of like stages. So some folks are like, Oh my gosh, this totally makes sense. Like I need this. I do not like come in my vagina. Other folks we hear like, why is this necessary? Or like, I don't quite understand. Um, but it's funny because even when you said that you had a similar reaction, even just talking through like, okay, but when I have sex, I think about what's ha- like, I do have to think about these things, mm-hmm. but I think like we're kind of conditioned to like get used to things or like adapt instead of thinking like, oh, there might be a solution for this. And so we hear both. And then on the complete other end, we do get backlash for using a Twinkie as a demo, which, um, huh. I, I don't know. What? Like I, uh, I think it's creative. I've heard that. Like, so the feedback there is like, Oh, well, like women's vaginas have been compared to like food oh, for okay. like a long time. But yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever heard of woman's vagina compared derogatory lead to a Twinkie um, because it's just like a demo, mm-hmm. right? Like how do we explain this yeah. without putting my vagina on the internet? I don't know. Um, yeah. Cause that would be the yeah. most anatomically yeah. correct way to explain it. And yeah. then um, we do hear, I guess you could get a flashlight <sighs> and put like lube in a flashlight or something or get someone to come in a flashlight. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> maybe we could do that and like send it to those people and then be like, do you prefer this instead? <laughs> like, I know I prefer the Twinkie. It's a little Sorry. more graphic, but you know, if you want something accurate and then on the yeah. other <laughs> end, we do hear from people who are like, this is completely unnecessary. Like we shouldn't, it's like, it's not a problem, but we do our best to make it very clear. Like we just want to give people a choice, right? Like mm-hmm. I like yeah. this bothers some people. Some people are self-conscious about it. Like I wish we were all, I wish we were all empowered enough and like our lives were set up in a way that this did not bother us and that it just isn't a problem. But for some of us, mm-hmm. it totally is. And so it's kind of, it's an interesting like debate an intersection of the internet opinions and thoughts and even like assumptions, mm. right? Oftentimes we hear like, oh, this must've been created by a man. And I'm like, tell mm. me where the men are that are thinking about my needs, like five <laughs> steps ahead, right after they have come and rolled. Like, I don't like, can you take me uh-huh. to this forest of men? Because that's amazing. First of all, if they exist. Um, but it's like, no, it's, it was created by me for me and people like you. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, um, it's interesting to like hear the, uh, the assumptions that are made. And we try to clarify as much as possible, which is why you heard me say like, it mm. isn't for everyone. Some people prefer it mm. totally fine. It's just an option for those who mm. want it. Uh, but sometimes that messaging mm. gets lost because the internet is the internet and it sounds like you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And I guess like, um, I, I kind of see the line of thought 
with the people saying like, hang on, like calm and calm in vaginas is, you know, natural. It's not necessary. Why are we trying to disrupt this sort of process? Because of like, I guess the entire like feminine hygiene industry, which is fucked, like all the sprays and the douches and the deodorants and the products and the plumpers and stuff for our pussies like that is very problematic because it's basically like you know creating this environment where we feel as though we need to use them because we're disgusting and we're smelly and we obviously have to clean and blah 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 and so I kind of feel like maybe those people are like thinking that this is a similar deal where you're like you have to use this because you're gross otherwise with cum in your vag but it's just like no this is it's like how there's pads there's tampons there's period panties there's all these different solutions there's moon cups you don't have to use any of them but for people that have a preference, it's really helpful and will help them feel like have peace of mind and feel a lot better and sort of cleaner and just more comfortable afterwards. So yeah, I'm like all about it. I, I totally back it. Um, and, but I also see like, you know, oh, there's always going to be something that people on the internet are going to get their knickers in a knot about. Always. They're cum soaked knickers in a knot. Um, <laughs> um I'm wondering like do you have any others you know like speaking of solutions to these problems that aren't or not problems but you know like solutions to things that no I guess they're problems for certain people um who cares wording's not important what else is like what else is in the works like do you have any like What's next for Awkward Essentials? Like any ideas on the horizon? We do. And we like to say that we like behind the bathroom door problems. So all the stuff that you do in the bathroom, you shut the door, mm. you don't want anyone to know about. I was just squeezing my pores last night, you know, like, like yeah. ingrown <laughs> hair. Like I, I talk about taking mm-hmm. tweezers to like my ingrown crotch hair all the time because sometimes you dig yes. like a really good one out. <laughs> but it's just like we do all this <laughs> stuff in there and we don't really talk to anyone about it, but it's, it's pretty universal or maybe you don't do it, which is fine too. Um, and so those are the, the things that we want to solve for, or at least like try to make those, those problems a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So have you got any products that you can tell us about that you've got kind of in the works? I can't share yet. I will say (laughs) that I'm very, we're very interested in like pre and post sex because there's so many incredible sexual wellness companies that focus on like pleasure during. So the pre and post are definitely like categories that we gravitate towards. Um, I think like sweat and hair and like crotch things are fascinating. Um, And like you said, (laughs) there's so many... I think sometimes we do get lumped into like those other product categories, but really the intention Mm. is to be thoughtful about it. Like there are no additives. There's no sense. Mm. It's only meant for cum. It's Mm. not to change anything. Um, But as you probably know, it's kind of like an uphill battle trying to communicate messaging, Mm. especially about something that people might have like really strong automatic opinions about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a tricky like little niche to carve out really in between the sort of body shaming, feminine shaming, hygiene products that are really disruptive to our vaginas and, you know, the whole, the complete opposite end of the spectrum. So um, I was thinking like also it's a really good way, I imagine, to minimize like the disruption to the vaginal pH too because like, you know, like semen has an alkaline pH whereas our vaginas are naturally acidic and so sometimes like if we have cum sit in us, for a while that can throw the pH out of balance and like make us more at risk of thrush and BV and things like that um, for vaginal dysbiosis. So like I really dig the idea that by getting the cum out promptly, um, it sort of gives your vagina a chance to establish like a sort of pH balance again more quickly. Um, and, you know, it saves it saves the sheets, like obviously. Um, so I'm wondering like, do you have any other benefits of using these that like I haven't thought of? Cause I haven't used them yet, obviously. Um, and how, so two questions, any other benefits that we haven't covered that you want to chat about and just to like put people's minds at ease. Um, 
like how safe is it? I know you've had OBGYNs, like give it the green light. So I'd just love to, yeah, like give a little spiel on that just to make sure people like understand like you know if it if it's safe for their vaginal health because that's obviously like my number one priority so those are pretty much i think we've talked about most of the benefits and we've had a Mm -hmm. lot of feedback about what you just mentioned um it's not a medical product so doesn't cure doesn't prevent i have to repeat doesn't prevent pregnancies stis scds you still have to pee after sex it's not meant to replace going to the bathroom after sex Mm -hmm. whatsoever um, in terms of the product itself, so the sponge is made out of a medical grade sponge, which is the same as a lot of swabs that are used like prior to vaginal surgery. It's the same as some mm-hmm. non-latex condoms and the same as a contraceptive sponge, except there's no additives. And so we have a mm-hmm. lot of feedback from medical professionals on our website, but it's not, it's not a medical product. Like at the end of the day, there's abs- there's like zero additives. It's it's like a it's like a medical swab. Yeah, super neutral and no sort of risk of um yeah, throwing out your vagina or anything with any weird shit in there. Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> added. And so we try to stress that and we also try to stress only use it if there's cum. Like your vagina's not dirty. Mm-hmm. Vaginas are self-cleaning. Absolutely 100%. Mm-hmm. Like we totally agree. Like it's just for extra mm-hmm. cum. <laughs> Yeah. Good, 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 good point. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it'd be like putting a tampon in when you don't have your period. Like it would just dry the fuck. Yeah, up exactly. In there. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're like, it's just for cum and it's, we try to make it clear, but you know, as many places as possible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Well, before we wrap up, I'd love to do the segment, um, TMI. We love it. So I know you're probably full of TMI stories. It's kind of, yeah, it comes with the territory when you're in the industries that we're in. So what have you got for us? Oh my goodness. I'm trying to think about, I mean, I think about creating this was probably my biggest TMI story. Um, the UTI one was pretty good. Um, oh, okay. I have one, um, that I think is like pretty relevant to your audience. So, Hey, me again. If you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, I want to mention that you can buy some really dope merch from the website and get yourself a labia lounge tote tea togs. Yep. You heard that right. I even have labia lounge bathers. Or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back. So uh, if fashion isn't your passion, though, you can donate to my Buy Me A Coffee donation page, which is actually called Buy Me A Soy Chai Latte, because I'll be the first to admit, I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. (laughs) You can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. And I also have a Sunroom profile over on the Sunroom app, as I've mentioned, And I also offer one-on-one coaching and online courses that'll help you level up your sex life and relationship with yourself and others in a really big way. So every bit helps because it ain't cheap to put out a sweet podcast uh, into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I will be undyingly grateful if you support me and my biz financially in any of these ways. And if you like, I'll even give you a mental BJ with my mind from the lounge itself. Saucy. Um, I'll pop the links in the show notes. Thank you. Later. I didn't own a vibrator until I was like in college, like pretty late. And I had to have a friend, like that one friend. Now I'm that one friend. But at the time it was that one friend (laughs) and her name was Nikki. And she was the one that was like, wait, you've never had an orgasm. You don't own a vibrator. Like we're going to get you one right now. So she was that person that like took me to the sex shop to get my first vibrator. It was like (laughs) a pink, it was like a pink plastic bullet. Right. And it sat in my drawer like forever. Like I just didn't know how to use it. And I think that I don't know how TMI this story, but I think it's important to like note because I don't think it's that uncommon that we talk about like getting a vibrator and pleasure and all this Mm -hmm. stuff so often, but like, what do you Mm -hmm. do with it? How do you use it? And so I guess this is kind of a hint 
That's something that we'll be launching very soon um, because Ooh. we're very, in terms of the pleasure, like in the realm of pleasure, we're very cognizant about all the other things that we could be self-conscious about at the same time. So like, we don't mind talking about, okay, well, what if your roommate hears you using your vibrator? Like, am I going to feel like weird about that? Or like, what if your partner finds it? Is that going to be a weird conversation? So I think like fully realizing and understanding that there's not all the conversations are sexy, even if it's about something as sexy as a vibrator. (laughs) yeah i i know a lot of people that buy sex toys or have bought sex toys in the past and then not really use them because it's daunting or they don't really know how or especially i mean especially ones you know ones that don't have any vibrating parts like it's not as obvious or accessible to like have an orgasm from that for a lot of people so they'll often buy like you know a jade egg and a crystal wand and this and that and then it'll sit in the drawer because it's just it's just something that they don't really know how to get the most out of, you know, an experience with. Um, I, I was just wondering, like, when you were, um, speaking of TMIs, when you were, like, developing the dripstick, did you kind of get prototypes and then have to test them out on yourself? And, like, how did that go? Or did you have a batch of friends that were all willing to test them, like a, like a uh, you know, what do you call it, like a test group or whatever? Yeah, I was, I totally had one friend who was like, yeah, I'll test it. And then I tested it myself, but it was kind of a, it was like a weird thing. (laughs) Like I remember going to like these networking events and stuff and people are like, what do you do? And I'm like, I made this cum sponge. Like, do you want one? And they're like, what? Like, maybe (laughs) like, and even to this day, I did it work straight away or yeah, it was, did you have to go through a few different ones before you found one that was effective? I did go through a couple of different iterations. I have somewhere on my computer of all the different like drawings I did. It's so like creating a product is such an interesting thing because it's relatively simple, right? It's like a sponge and like a stick and like a little paddle and people are like, Oh, like I could create that. And it's like, yeah, but it did take a lot of time Mm -hmm. to like get here. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the best practices for any founder is like leverage what's already out there. Right. So the length and width is very similar to a tampon um, intentionally because mm-hmm. those companies have the money and research and yeah. time to have done like, okay, average vaginal canal lengths and like widths. And so just yep. jumping off of things that already exist to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's hard. I was just like a person in my parents' house. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm so glad that you made it happen and that there is now this really practical, yeah, solution. And, and it's just got like such cheeky, playful branding. And it's like anything that's sort of underpinned with humor, I find very appealing personally. And then I think when it comes to a topic that is really stigmatized and taboo and, and shrouded in like shame and, you know, like, judgment I think humor is such a beautiful way to make it more accessible to more people and and act as like a bit of a gateway and it's definitely something that I kind of um I mean I I don't even mean to I think it's just part of my personality but that's definitely a tool that I use as well to make like these you know crunchy or awkward conversations or topics um just more palatable and more accessible to more people um so I really like love the vibe that you are putting out um you know all of the content the sort of the copy on your website like the brand identity and the brand voice it's all just like super on point so i'd recommend everyone checks it out and um francis has actually given us a discount code which i'll put in the show notes and in the labia lounge facebook group along with links and everything like that so you can check it out and i would recommend following them on instagram because there's like so many funny videos in there um, <laughs> do you want to leave our listeners with any sort of words or thoughts, or is there anything that you feel we haven't touched upon that you'd like to chat about before we wrap up Francis? I think we've talked about a lot, but I would say, um, you're not alone. If there's like a weird thing that you think or feel or are bothered by, it is 100% 
there's other people going through it too. So like, it's, it's fine. Like, don't be afraid to talk about it because other people are definitely experiencing the same thing. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. That's so funny. Cause every episode pretty much I like, or I'm like, you know, there's so many things that people feel alone in or feel like they're broken. Are there any words of reassurance that you've got to offer? And I didn't phrase it that way this time, but you just basically did that and and reassured people like you're not alone, um, you're not broken. <laughs> so thank you. You've been a very uh, s- very well suited podcast guest for this this podcast. <laughs> Whether you've listened to it or not, I don't know if you've listened to it before, but yeah, on brand, babe. Nice one. <laughs> thank you for having me, Freya. This is cool. <laughs> See you, everyone. And that's it, darling hearts. Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyagraph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.